Well, we have, obviously there's been a few things we were wanting to pray for uh, folks over and just really since, I believe God did a mighty work here today. I believe that. And I can't wait to hear back some of the things that, that have been happening. But, um, so there's the good news, but there's more good news today. Man, I wish I had a gold star for Miss Beth. She has been married to Inc. for 62 years today. And... That is great. Inc., we love you. I know we mess with you a lot, but we love you. And, uh, but I really would give her a gold star if I had one. <laughs> I really would. The world's most interesting man. Miss Beth, you should write a book. Both of you should write a book. I promise you I'd be the first one to buy one and uh, read through that. Just, you know, and I say that jokingly, but also in all seriousness, to see what God has done in and through your lives over the years that you've been together. And uh, pretty amazing, isn't it? That is so amazing. Praise God for that. Well, um, if you're visiting with us, by the way, thank you for being here today. Uh, we're so happy to have you here with us. I would say my wife is happy too, and she is, but she's back with the kids today. Um, so she sends her greetings to, to everyone, and um, she just wanted to spend some time back there today. And I think in two weeks, she's going to be with the older kids. She's spent some time with the younger ones, but uh, anyway, that's where she is, and, and her and West are having fun with the kids, I'm sure. We're, we're going through a series called The One Another's. This is based off of a study by Tony Evans. I love Tony Evans. Have you ever heard him before? You, you guys have heard of Tony Evans. If not, go ahead and enter that into your search bar on your phone that you have there. It's okay to pull your phone out um, and, and do that. You can just do a search on Tony Evans. Mr. Stowe, may not work on your phone, but um, you can have Miss Vicky do it. Listen to some of the things that he, ha he has, uh, really, really good teaching. But this is called the One Another's, and we've been going through this for a few weeks now. This is based on this here that's in your bulletin. In our individualistic society, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that Christians are bonded together in a relationship of unity as members of one another. And that's based off of Romans 12, 5, 4 and 5. It says, uh, for our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to one another. So we've been discovering really how to be with one another. For those of you who've been married, you remember what like the first week, the first month was, the first year of getting used to that person that's now occupying your house. You know, you're together now and you're learning how to share things and getting used to, well, it's the same in the body of Christ, really. I mean, we're, you're getting used to different personalities, different ways of doing things, um, but how do you relate uh, to one another? And our theme for the year here at Abundant Life is pursue. Uh, we've, we've talked about pursuing God. Now we're talking about pursuing other people based off of a core value that says we commit to love God. I'm sorry, we love God and we commit to love one another. Sometimes you have to commit to love somebody. They can just get under your fingernails or under your skin, or, and you have to really commit to love them. Um, so that's where we're, we're coming off of. Well, today we're going to talk about this, and it's called Comfort One Another. As we were just praying for each other, there was comfort that was happening to those who, who came down for prayer today. So my family and I, we've, we've been here for almost five years now, and occasionally I'll go out to the mailbox and I will receive a letter that says, To Pastor Bob, Bankhead, or Current Pastor. 
You know, they're not really interested in who I am. You get those letters at your house, don't you? Current, resident. It's amazing how these sales companies, and, and that's all they're after, right? They want to sell. They want to sell you something. They know how to find you, even if they don't necessarily know your name. They, they know how to find you. They know how to find me. That is the way it can be with trouble sometimes. Trouble just knows how to find some of you, doesn't it, Mr. Pletcher? It just knows how to find you. You didn't have to leave a forwarding address or anything like that. Trouble just can know how to find you. And Mr. Inc., you know, 62 years of marriage, Miss Beth has said trouble has just found you over occasion. You know, time to time, it just... It finds you. Um, you know, I, look, I like the little shirts that you'll see some of the toddlers wear that says, Here Comes Trouble. Uh, kind of that thing, and they always seem to find you when they're, when they're looking. Um, but the reality is trouble is no laughing matter, especially if it seems to always find you. Now, when I say trouble, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the really bad immoral type of things. It, it can be that, but that's not necessarily what we're, what we're talking about. Um, and the crazy thing about trouble is you don't even have to do anything wrong for trouble to find you. You don't. You don't have to do anything wrong for it to find you. It can be trouble that comes in the form of a sickness, relationship, something financial, a career-wise, maybe another mistake that you've made. You just have to live and exist, and trouble will seem to find a way in one of those areas to find you, and you didn't do anything to deserve it. Now, yes, sometimes you do earn those, those awards that you get. But Christians are not exempt, and we hear this teaching a lot, that if you just follow Jesus, life will be good, trouble. No, the reality is normally trouble may find you a little more. That's why I was telling the folks here, you're going to go back to your seat, and you're going to hear doubt. You're going to see maybe an increase in the attack that was happening because Satan wants you to remain defeated. But that is why we need one another to comfort one another. Has anybody found trouble in one of those forms this week? I wasn't feeling well earlier this week. Sickness came and I didn't have time for it. I was moving to our new house and I did not have time to not feel good. But it seemed to find me on that particular week. You still got to keep going, don't you? We need to comfort one another. Comfort came to me in many forms of friends who came to help paint, to help move, to help do all the different things. There was comfort. Bring food over. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians 1. I was just there and then I lost my place, so I'll give you a few moments to get there too. 2 Corinthians 1. And we're going to look at verse 3. It says this, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. If you have your pen and you're taking notes, you can underline that little phrase that says He is the source uh, of all comfort. He comforts us, and comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. 
Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Now you'll notice from this verse here, there was a comfort that was needed. Paul had done nothing wrong to deserve the persecution that he had gotten uh, in the church. In other words, well... I say he had done nothing wrong. He preached the gospel, and the people you know, who were against him didn't necessarily like that. Um, often we ask this. Let's, let's be real this morning. What is the purpose in all this mess that I'm going through? Why does God put this on me? Now, we'll say this. God may allow things to happen, but the Bible says he never tempts anyone with evil. He does not put bad things on us because we have not been a good little boy or been a good little girl. There are things in our life that may happen. Here's the thing. Why does all this, why is it permitted? What is the good that can come from these type of things? Here's the good, and we're talking about it today. Through what you go through, you're being comforted, hopefully, by other believers. Your story will be a story that can bring comfort to other people. You know what? I was there. I know that God didn't want me to go through that situation, but I went through that situation. Sometimes it's because of somebody else's hard-headed mistakes. You know, you have to suffer sometimes because other people are disobedient to what God has done. So whether it's your fault, whether it's somebody else's fault, whether it's just trouble has come and found you, it's not a curse that God has put on any of us. Yes, we are going through that moment, but we receive comfort for one from one another. And through that, we can take comfort to other people. I've been there. Let me tell you how uh, God got me through. So it's that comfort that that's what we're wanting to see today. Uh, comfort means this. It means to come alongside and help. And it's a name for, a comforter is a name for the Holy Spirit. And it is his job to comfort. He is the comforter. Comfort is, the, is a necessity when problems exist. Anybody in here got problems? Let me see you raise your hands. Anybody got problems in here? Comfort is the necessity when a problem exists. So we see there are problems in here today. We're not going to name what all they are. But there are problems in here today. Hopefully it's not the person sitting beside of you. But there are problems here today. And even when it is... <laughs> sorry about Malie. <laughs> Even if it is, there is a comforter who comes alongside. Let's look back at this text for a moment. Comfort is a result of when trouble, suffering, and weighed down is listed. Paul used all of those words there. Trouble, suffering, and weighed down. Comfort is what should come about. Comfort is needed because affliction exists in those who live here on the earth. There are people who are afflicted. There are people here who are, I don't want to use the word tortured necessarily, but sometimes it may feel like that. We need comfort from the affliction. Uh, this past week, actually it was back in June, Nathan had hurt his back. And so I took him to the chiropractor. It kept getting worse and worse. And he, Dad, I think I need to go to the chiropractor. And I'm like, suck it up, buttercup. You know, that was my thinking. <laughs> but it wouldn't go away. So I started thinking, well, there may be... A serious issue. I'm going to tell the story here, Nathan, that way everybody will hear. Is that okay? I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, so that's part of being a PK, preacher's kid. Um, it's all a good thing. So I, we, we took him to the chiropractor, and of course they did x-rays, and your spine's supposed to be like this if you're looking at it, but it kind of did one of these little things right here. So he'd obviously messed it up. 
And I took him to the chiropractor, and I know the, the guy there, have met him. And so um, I'm kind of laughing while he's in there, you know, and the chiropractor's looking, he's just smiling. I said, because the chiropractor said, Nathan, how did you do this? And so I start laughing even harder, right? Compassionate father that I am. And Nathan said, well, I fell off a swing set. The chiropractor starts laughing. There was no comfort coming from either of us in that moment. He fell on his face, and his legs went over his head. You know, scorpion is what it's called. So we're here laughing. He was not getting comfort from us in the middle of his affliction. Now, here's the thing. I could have popped Nathan's back and saved a lot of money on my own. But I could have done some serious damage. So I took him to someone who could bring him comfort over a few adjustments. You know, 12 adjustments, that's typically the remedy that happens there. Um, I decided, we decided to take him there to make sure that his back is okay. Because Stasha hurt her back. It runs in the family. She fell off a swing set when she was his age. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Um, but anyway, she still suffers from that a little bit today, so we wanted to get all this right. He did not receive comfort from us. So the chiropractor, if you've been there before, aren't they amazing? Chiropractors are so amazing. Anyway, he, Nathan is on his back, so he sticks his hand under his back, and he presses down on Nathan, and you hear popcorn just going all off. Now, here's the thing. Nathan was in a little bit of pain, a lot of discomfort, and it took more pain and more discomfort to bring that relief. There was that moment of pressure, there was the cracking that happened, and then there was relief that happened. The Holy Spirit, often we will find in the midst of our discomfort, there may be, depending on the situation, the heat may be turned up just a little bit, but He is bringing comfort to us. Maybe He is adjust, adjusting something in our life that needs to change so that that comfort can come. There's many ways that comfort will come in the life of the believer. God is the source of all comfort. All comfort. He is the specialist in every area. We took Nathan to a specialist. I could have taken him to a medical doctor and he would probably have just gotten pain pills. But that wouldn't have fixed the issue, right? So we took him to a specialist. God is a specialist in every single area. He is the source of all comfort. And so that's the thing. God is the God and the source of all comfort. He is an amazing comforter. No matter your situation, He is a great comforter. You may be thinking, but my situation is big. You have no idea what I've gone through. Go back and read the text. All comfort. He is the God of all comfort. So that's the first point. God is the God and the source of all comfort. Point two today. In your pain, we have to develop a God focus. At the beginning of the year, we were talking a little bit about this same topic. You have a choice to make whenever difficulties arise. Are you going to run to God or are you going to run from God? This is telling us in your pain, you must develop a God focus. Turn back with me to Isaiah 43. You can probably quote this one as well, but it's in Isaiah 43 uh, that we want to look at today. That's just before the book of Jeremiah, if you're finding that. So Isaiah 43, we'll look at verse 2 and 3. Man, what an amazing scripture here. here. Isaiah 43, 2, in your pain you must develop a God focus. It says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. 
when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Some of you need to hear that this morning. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God is the God of all comfort who will not let you drown, who will not let you burn up, who will not let you die. Pain should drive us to God with a divine focus. There's a story in 2009. How many runners do we have out there? People who run, right? We've got a few runners, just a few. Of, man, we need to take up running, don't we? Unless something's chasing us, right? That's the only time I typically run. But this lady, her name was Kara uh, Gucher, ran in a New York City marathon. It was her first 26.2 mile race. Seriously, why would you do that? Okay, but she loved it. She loved it. Even though she was an Olympian who had placed 10th in the 10,000 meter race in 2008, which is about 6.2 miles, she felt fear. Now, if the furthest I had run was 6.2 miles in competition. I would probably be a little fearful too. Um, I was really scared, she said. I wouldn't be able to handle the pain for that long, right? So stop running. Let me continue with the story. Um, Speaking of that, the most interesting man in the world used to qualified for the Olympics, right? We're celebrating you today, Inc., I guess, you and Miss Beth, but tried out for the Olympics and everything, so there's just another little fact about him. But anyway, she kept running. She didn't know if she could handle the pain. She was 31 years old at the time. Uh, the most that she had run, not in competition, was 18 miles uh, while she was training. And she says, now I was asking myself to run eight miles further, a lot faster, and it was daunting. The pain hit about the halfway point as she was running with the lead pack of women. It came into my consciousness how hard I was running and how much it hurt, she said. The extreme discomfort, which she calls cramping, uh, made her contemplate dropping out at around mile 17, but she persevered. Indeed, she placed third among the women. Okay, that's pretty amazing. No matter how fast they run or how much experience they have, most runners can relate to her fear of uh, this pain and concern about what to do when it hits during a race. This type of pain causes extreme discomfort but can be tolerated using mental strategies and training techniques, doctors and athletes say. To strengthen her resolve, she repeated a mantra that she had developed with her sports psychologist, be courageous. That almost sounds scriptural, doesn't it? And she broke the race down into blocks, telling herself that at mile 20, she only had 10K left to run. Then she convinced herself, survive each mile marker, knowing that it could get another, I could get another mile out of myself. So she broke the race down. She began to repeat this phrase over and over and over in her head. She developed what runners and athletes call a focus. It was a focus that she had. Now, for pastors, it was funny. Today, we just finished praying, and uh, Lisa, my head was down, and I started to walk. Well, she says, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just, we get focused just before we preach, before we start to, to do this, because one, I want to make sure I'm delivering the word of God clearly, but I want to develop this focus on the Lord and on who he is. So in your job, you get focused. There's a race this afternoon. There are football games this afternoon. Those athletes take time to get focused in on what they're doing. A focus is needed to push through. God is the God of all comfort, and when we focus on the comforter and we hit halfway and the pain is horrible, we begin to recognize that I can be courageous because God has got me. 
He will help me through this pain and what I'm going through. So God is the God of all comfort. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Well, this brings us to point three. How does God comfort me? We know that God comforts. How does he do it? He is the source. Let's look at how. Verse 4 tells us this, if we'll go back to 2 Corinthians. Excuse me. Remnants of allergy season. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So where does the comfort come from? It comes through us. Is what this scripture is telling us. For when we ourselves, verse 6, are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. Here's a quote from Tony Evans. God uses the family of God to comfort the family of God on his behalf. Let me say that again. God uses the family of God to comfort the family of God on his behalf. All of you this morning are comforters in the kingdom of God. If you have called on the name of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you have been through anything in your life that brings discomfort, that brings, uh, you know, trials, testing, or whatever, you are a comforter in the family of God. Hey, comforters, I may need you. You may need the person sitting next to you. You may need need the person sitting on the other side of the church. God uses the family of God to comfort each other. Here's the thing. You go through some discomfort so that you can bring comfort to others who are going through what you went through. If you want to be comforted, you must become a comforter. It goes both both ways. Don't just be concerned with your own situation. You know when you're in the middle of it, what do you want to do? You want to withdraw? You want to think, my problem, woe is me, what's going on here, why I just need, I need to get away from it all. And that's true. Sometimes we do need to get away and just be with God. But, we, but when the focus becomes anything other than Jesus at that point, we're going about it backwards. Because what Scripture is telling us is look to bring comfort from the source, who is God, to other people. God is the source of comfort. Believers are the conduit of comfort. He flows through us. Now, you know what a conduit is, right? It's typically, it could be plastic or a metal pipe, depending on the application that you're using it for. But if you have to run electrical lines through a ceiling or through anything like that, code will tell you that you have to run the wires through that pipe so that they can't be, you know, cut accidentally or arc or anything like that to cause a fire, any type of trouble, that conduit does not give the electricity. It allows the the, the source of that electricity to flow through it. So we are conduits of comfort. God flows through us. We are not the source of comfort. We are the conduit of God's comfort who is the source. Isn't that neat how God works through us? We just have to be available. God brings us comfort to one another. 2 Corinthians 7, 5. So if if you're not in 2 Corinthians, if you don't still have your finger there, let's turn back to 2 Corinthians, but we're going to look at chapter 7. And I want us to look at Paul. We think of Paul. He was a strong guy. Some say he was arrogant. Um, But he faced a lot. But 2 Corinthians 7, 5 tells a little bit of, uh, of Paul's story and something that he was going through during this time. 
He says this, When we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. So how was Paul comforted? Because Titus came. Titus came bringing comfort. Well, look at what happened with Titus. Verse 7. In, or his presence was such a joy, but so was the news that he brought of the encouragement he received from you. When he told us how much you, uh, you long to see me and how sorry you are for what happened and how loyal you are to me, I was filled with joy. The Apostle Paul was depressed. You know, prison, all the different things that he had to go through. He was depressed. If Paul gets depressed, that tells me it may not be uncommon that we might face the same thing when we face uncomfortable situations, physical, whatever it may be. Paul was encouraged by Titus' arrival. Titus was sent by the Corinthians who comforted him. So Paul was comforted from God through the church, through Titus that came to him. They were all conduits of God's comfort. His depression was turned into joy because of someone else encouraging him. Church, you get to encourage other people and bring the comfort of God to other people. Man, that just, if you feel like you're down here, you feel this, like your self-esteem on the esteemometer, you know, is down here, man, that should really bump up your self-esteem, your God awareness of who, who God has called you to be. He's got an important job for you. <clears throat> Comfort one another. If we only think about ourselves, no one gets comforted, but be willing to bring comfort from your pain. Did you hear that? Be brilliant, willing to bring comfort from your pain. Now, nobody wants to go through pain. Let's raise, raise your hand if you want to go through some pain today. Anybody at all? No. We don't want to go through pain, except for Matt. He goes around and kicks people and punches them, and he lets people kick and punch him. I don't quite get that, right? But he trains little kids how to go around and kick and punch people. He doesn't <laughs> mind pain. <clears throat> Something like that, right? <laughs> We want to be people, so you're not on the comfort team, by the way. <laughs> Safety team, however, that, that would be awesome. It would be great to say, just follow Jesus and everything would be okay. There used to be in the time of the church where we would deny our illness. Do you remember this? If you've been in the church for a while, well, don't speak that you're sick. If you speak that you're sick, you don't have faith in God. Okay, so then lie. Essentially. Here's the reality. You may have been sick, you may have had, but to deny that you've gone through a financial crisis, to deny that you have gone through something that's horrible is essentially lying. It is. That was a horrible teaching in the church. You just don't have faith. If you confess it, then no, that's the reality. You were facing that time, but you realized who God was and that Jesus is the one he is your healer. So if I confess that I'm not sick, why do I need to be healed? That was a bad teaching. It, was, it, it really was. It was a, and, I, and I was one who confessed that. No, I'm not, I'm not really sick today. You know, we would say things like that. No, I'm sick, but I realize that God is my healer. That would have been a better way to do that, right? Anyway, let's, let's not get off on that. <clears throat> but that was, that was a, a big thing in the church for a while to just kind of Speak in faith, and I'm not sick, I am sick. 
Jesus is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the one who comforts us in those moments. Now, we confess Jesus is greater than our sickness. Amen. We, 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 we confess that, uh, Lord, give me wisdom so that I can straighten my finances out and then provide in those moments. We begin to confess all of those things. But there is a ministry in your pain. If you, have, if you are going through pain today, I want you to realize that there is a ministry that will come from that. Not because God set this pain upon you, but because of coming out of this, your character is going to be stronger developed, right? Man, God must really be working on my character then. Um, whatever it may be, but through that, allow God to use your experience to bring comfort to others. And first of all, in the middle of your situation, you look to God who is your source. And allow Him to use other people to bring you comfort. See, here's the thing. I'm going through this difficult situation, so I need to get away from people, especially church people. Wrong answer. You need to be running to church people. Well, the right ones. There are some that, that you know, will speak negative, but you know who they are. You know who you can go to. If I need a word of encouragement, I know who to call and who won't say, suck it up, buttercup, like I did to Nathan. They will bring comfort. So those are the folks that I call. <laughs> of course, on the other hand, sometimes I need to hear, suck it up, buttercup, right? That's a reality as well. But there's a ministry in your pain. The church functions the way God intended when we comfort one another. Be a minister of comfort. The Psalms are full of pain. If you read through the Psalms, man, you wonder how in the world David was a king. Really? Yeah, you're going through this, you're going through that. But you'll notice when he talks about his pain, usually by the end of that Psalm, he is beginning to look at the source. Turn to the Psalms. Read through those. They're full of it. Let us be a current example of comfort to our Christian brothers and sisters, just as David was uh, during that time and is still today. I want us to close out with 2 Corinthians 1.8. It's right after the opening scripture there. It says this, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. So here's Paul, and he's beginning to talk about some we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Have you been there? Beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. This is in the Bible. Hopelessness is in the Bible. From a man who wrote over half the New Testament. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. What an amazing focus for somebody to have when they are expecting to die because of the trouble that they are going through. Even, and Moses said the same thing, uh, Abraham said the same thing about his son Isaac. He just knew that, well, God is the God of the living. He can raise the dead. What an amazing focus to have in the middle of a difficult situation. Even if this experience crushes me, God is a restorer. Even if this experience kills me, God raises people from the dead. Even if my health may fail all the way, God is my healer. What a statement of faith to have in those particular moments. Paul wanted to die. He was so depressed. 
And here's the last point from that scripture. You must be able to be, one, spiritual, and two, not think that you are going to make it at the same time. You have to be okay with that. The fact that I'm just not sure how I'm going to make it through this. But at the same time, recognize that God is bigger than any situation and any circumstance that you go through. And at just the right time, along comes brother or sister so-and-so to lift you up, bringing comfort from the source who is God. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> you know you have those times where you're, you're giving someone your experience of, yeah, I went through this and um, just... Uh, let's pick on Nathan Day, but I can remember when Nathan was born, um, they had to take him away from us for like two hours, and we were new parents. We'd never done this before, so we're just kind of like, no, no, no. well, he, he wasn't able to breathe very good during that time, and so we were telling people this story, and, and here's some of the responses that we got. Yeah, I know, I had friends too, and their baby didn't make it. You don't need to hear stuff like that during those moments. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I've had stories with you before where when Janice had um, <clears throat> her leukemia and she was going through that, yeah, we have friends and their kids didn't. Make, stay away from that during that time. Here at church, let's be encouragers. When people are telling us about their difficulty, let's be encouraging and not bring them down. Not bring them down in those moments. When I get a phone call from people, you know, Allison called this week or sent me a text. Actually, she was still in the doctor's office. And you know what? Jesus is our healer. We don't need to have a whole bunch of, well, yeah, we know. Let's be people who lift one another up. You must be able to be spiritual and not think that you're going to make it at the same time. Allison told me it doesn't look good, but... And then on the other side of that, here comes David and whoever else talked with her. Amen, Allison, we are standing with you. Amen, Fox and Smith family, we are standing with you. Amen, Miss Christie, we are standing with you and your son. Danny, we are standing with you and your sister and with Donovan. And I can look around this room and try to call it. We're standing with you in your situation we're standing with you. Be people of encouragement. Miss Vicki, you can come on up. We're going to end this here. You may not be able to take it anymore, but I promise you this, God will walk with you. When you are weak, the Bible says, then you are strong, especially when you're relying on Jesus, when you rely on the strength of the Lord. Sometimes it does take weakness to get strong in the Lord because it's at the end of that rope where you recognize, all right, there's nothing else left for me to do. Yes, it would be better if on the front side, at the beginning of the rope, we were leaning on the Lord. Yes, we, we, we know that that's there, and that should be the case as well. But here's the thing. Paul said this over and over. His grace is sufficient. While I am going through this mess, His grace is sufficient, and it will get me through. And on the other side of this, I will have a testimony that will be one of those testimonies that will cause people, I mean, it's one of those Pentecostal get your hanky out and wave it type of things. Look what God has done. Look what he did. I went through the fire. I went through the flood. I went through the depression. I went through the financial thing. I went through all of this. Some of it was my fault. Some of it was not my fault. But I endured because I looked to the source. And God was so good that he sent people along the way to bring me comfort from God. You're agents of the Lord. 
you're agents of the Most High God. So not only give comfort, but receive comfort. When somebody comes up to encourage you, I've said this before too, and I know that you've been here as well. I don't even want to hear good news today. You know, don't even come talk to me right now. Just let me wallow for a little while. You know, if I ever say that, just say, okay, little piggy, you know, keep wallowing. No, we don't want to do that, right? Bring them out of the mud. Bring them out of that. You know what? We don't want anybody to have to wallow. We want to encourage one another. Encourage and be willing to be encouraged. That's the family of God at work. His grace is sufficient. Allow His grace to work in you and through you to comfort others. Can we stand today? We have prayed already um, in the middle of service. We did pray. But I want to give you just a little bit more time today as we are dismissing to look to the God, the only God, the true God, who is the source of comfort. And maybe you need a little more comfort today through the source. Allow him to minister to you just for a few moments and bring that comfort into your life. Lord, we recognize that many times we can receive comfort from the Holy Spirit just through singing, through reading of the Word, and it doesn't have to be anybody who comes around. And we're thankful for that because you are the source of comfort and you don't have to use anyone. You've given us your presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And then there are those times that we do need someone to come alongside and flesh who is a conduit of the blessing of God. Lord, spiritually, we, we, we raise our hands today saying, here I am, Lord, send me. I've been through this. God, send someone along my way that I can bring comfort to. Or Lord, you see what I'm going through. I just need a word from God today. I need a word from God today. And Lord, I thank you that you answer through your Holy Spirit and you answer through your people. Every service we always close this way. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to make an opportunity for you to do that. Life's just been one of those things and there hasn't been a whole lot of comfort because you haven't been connected to the God of comfort. And the way that we are connected to the God of comfort is through receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. <clears throat> At that moment, His Holy Spirit enters in and um, helps us with life. It doesn't mean life gets any easier, but it does mean we have the very God who created the universe to walk with us. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, here's how I know who I'm praying for. I just ask you to slip up your hand and look at me real quick so I know who I'm praying for. Anybody at all? You want to receive Jesus today? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, today we receive you as our Lord and Savior. We confess our sins before you and recognize, Jesus, that you are God's Son who died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day and you are now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven and you pray for us each and every day and you've given us the Holy Spirit 
to talk with us, to walk with us, to help us through life. And you've enabled us to be comforters ourselves. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. On the way out today, I want you to encourage somebody. And I know we joke around a lot here at Abundant Life. Uh, one of the mantras around here is if the pastor ever gets too proud, just call Tim Fox and Wayne Stowe. They'll help out with that. But we like to encourage one another around here. And that's what life is all about, encouraging one another. So encourage somebody on the way out today. Doug's going to come up and dismiss us. And I'll be at the back to uh, just to love on you as you leave. Um, it almost seems like there was something I needed to tell you today, but I can't think of it, so I'll just tell you I love you. Stasha and I love you so much. And um, we we're praying for God's, thank you, we we're praying for God's best blessings upon you. His best blessings, all of his blessings are good. We we're praying for God's blessings upon you and to comfort you uh, through one another. Doug, if you'll come on up as dismiss us.